Hey everybody, Fletch from All Things Overlanding here. Um, sorry I've been gone for a week. I know I missed an episode last week, so I apologize, but uh, tried to warn everybody on all my social channels. So if you don't already follow me on Facebook and Instagram, um, YouTube, etc., feel free to give me a follow there because I tried to give warning on there. But uh, if you're just listening on the podcast, apologies again. Um, but hey, I'm back. Um, went on a week-long cruise to Nassau and Freeport in the Bahamas. I don't know if you call that overwatering or all things overwatering or what, but it was pretty fun. So anyways, um, on today's episode, welcome back, I'm going to be talking about this idea of fover landing. And I'll put the term up here so you know what I'm talking about. Um, what I wanted to kind of touch on is I wanted to see, you know, kind of get your opinions on what a real overlander is. What? I got you stuck off the realness. We be the infamous, you heard of us. Official Queensbridge murderers. The mark comes equipped for warfare. Beware of my crime family who got enough shots to share for all those who want to profile and pose. Rock you in your face, stab your brain with your nose bone. You all alone in these streets, cousin. Every man for themselves in this land. We be gunning and keep them shook crews running like they supposed to. They come around, but they never come close to. I can see it inside your face, you're in the wrong place. Cowards like you just get their whole body laced up with bullet holes and such. Speak the wrong words, man, and you will get touched. You can put your whole army against my team, and I guarantee you it'll be your very last time breathing. Your simple words just don't move me. You're minor, we major. You're all up in the game and don't deserve to be a player. Don't make me have to call your name out. Versus what a foverlander is. So I'm going to touch on kind of some of my opinions on it. Again, my intent with this is not to piss anybody off, but I did want to just kind of touch on it and kind of give my opinions. But really the idea here is to spark a conversation, right? So I hope that you guys will hop into the comments, hop onto the other social channels and start up a conversation about what you think real overlanding is, post pictures of your rigs, talk about trips you've taken, that sort of stuff. Um, But so if you want to hear more about that, stay tuned. that believe it or not summer is just around the corner luckily armor all america's most trusted auto appearance brand has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine plus now through may 31st we'll give you five dollars for every 20 you spend on armor all products that means car wash pods protectant tire shine you name it find out how to get your five dollar rebate at armorall.com armor all less work more clean terms apply as I mentioned on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the idea of fover landing. Um, and you know what I'm talking about probably, right? Like those people that spend, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars on their gear. Um, you see them driving down the road going to Kroger or, you know, Publix or whatever your local grocery store is, right? Um, and they've got traction mats and they've got 16 jerry cans on the top and they've got a rooftop 10 and they've got, you know, two spare tires on the back and they've got all this stuff, but you just see them around town and they never actually go anywhere, right? And you can't draw that conclusion automatically. You don't know, Right. But just at a glance. But we all do know that there are definitely those people that, you know, they'll show up to Expo once a year and they're like, hey, check out my rig. No rust, no dings, no dents, no, you know, trail scratches, no anything on it. 
all this expensive gear. You know those people with the giant, uh, what do they call the giant like F450 trucks with the whole camper built into the back, the sort of, uh, uh, you know, overlanding behemoth things that people have. And some of those people really use them, and that's awesome if you do. But we also know that there are a lot of people that just buy them because they're cooler than a Winnebago, right? And so they just want to roll around town looking like they're really all into overlanding, but they're actually Foverlanders. So, um, you know, I've mentioned it before, but me personally... I'm a big gear person, right? We all know it. I've made multiple episodes about it. I, everybody knows I like gear. But I, I think one of the differences here between a Foverlander and a real Overlander is, um, you know, having the ability to kind of pull yourself back. And even if you buy all the gear, right? Like, let's say that you you do have tons of money and that is your main focus and you don't, you're not into electronics. You don't play video games. You, you know, you're not a car person. You don't have three or four cars. You don't have, you know, a giant house like overlanding is and camping is your thing, right? That's fine. Um, but then the difference is not just, you know, throwing it all on your vehicle, even though you know you don't need it just to look cooler, I guess. That's kind of my thought on it. Um, so, you know, it, Here's the thing, when you go to an expo, right, and and I personally have lived vicariously through a lot of other people's videos. I haven't made it to an expo myself yet, but I'm planning to go to the one on the East Coast here uh, next year. Um, but when you go to those, and when I watch these videos of them on YouTube too, it, it's hard not to want to buy all that gear, right? Like, you see all this stuff and it's so cool, and you're like, man, I am an overlander, and I want that, and I need this traction mat, and I need that you know, Jerry can rig and I need the roto packs and I need all that stuff. Right. Um, so I know that those expos can be, you know, pretty tempting, but again, we have to look at it, right? We have to look at the room that we've got in our vehicles. We've got to look at the functionality of the things that we put on our vehicles. And we've got to think about, um, what is actually going to be beneficial, right? Like, that's part of the problem too, I feel like, is whenever you're going on a trip, it's hard to know exactly what you're going to run into. Like you may think that the weather is going to be super dry for the whole time that you're there and you may get there and it may have rained two days before and all of a sudden you're dealing with a ton of mud and maybe you didn't bring, you know, boots so that you can not be filthy and covered in mud. Maybe you didn't, you know, equip your truck with mud terrains because you've always had the stock tires that came on your vehicle and now you're in deep, deep mud and you're stuck. Maybe you don't have a winch, you know, that sort of stuff. So it's a tough dichotomy, right? We have to kind of manage the difference between wanting it all and needing it all. And then what do we actually, what can we afford and what can we, you know, use on a daily basis that makes sense? Um, so that being said, right, that being said, I want to define Fover landing a little bit. And I didn't create this term. I've heard it in a number of places. I just think it's hilarious and it's kind of appropriate. Um, the idea of Fover landing, you know, like I mentioned is like, and this is not directed at any, I know people that have trucks like this, so, but they do actually use them. Um, but you know, people running out and buying a brand new forerunner, right? Spending 50, 55, 60 K on a brand new TRD pro forerunner. Um, and then buying the most expensive bumpers and buying a $3,000 rooftop tent and, you know, multiple sets of recovery mats all over, you know, both sides of the, the vehicle up on the roof, on the bumpers everywhere, you know, multiple spares, which, I mean, let's be honest, unless you're really like going in hard into like, you know, someplace super rocky or crazy, if you're in Brazil or something and you're trying to, you know, forge through the mountains or the mountains, forge through like lakes and rivers and all that sort of stuff, you probably don't need that stuff. You probably don't need 17 different three gallon roto packs things on your vehicle. Um, I've seen a guy personally driving around that has a Jeep that has like regular jerry cans, but they're on a rooftop uh, rack. 
And then he has like four of them across the front. And I'm like, bro, where are you going that you need 20 gallons of gas? And he's driving around Fishers, which is my small town, right? So it's like a town where there's gas stations every three minutes. Like, I don't know. So that's kind of one of those things that where you really get into foverlanding, right? Like where it's it's kind of just for the sake of looking like an overlander more so than being actually functional or something that you're even going to use. Um, I can be accused of this myself being honest, right? Like the solar panel strapped to the hood is pretty foverlander ish. If I didn't actually use it, right? Like if I, my sole motivation was to strap the solar panel to the hood because I wanted to look like an overlander. And I'm not going to lie, like in a way, part of that, I, like, I don't mind it. I kind of do enjoy, I kind of laugh when, you know, normal people that don't understand what overlanding is see me and they're like, what the hell does he have a solar panel on the hood of his vehicle for? You know, like no one gets it. Um, again, to make sure I'm not being a hypocrite here though, I would like to point out that I actually do use the solar panel. I have a separate battery that's wired up into a custom built box in the back and that is what I use it for. The solar recharges that and I use that to charge all my stuff. My chainsaw batteries, my, you know, you guys know this, right? My phone, my iPads, my GPS, all my stuff goes back there and gets charged off that battery just to protect my starter battery. Um, so, but again, there are probably people out there that are like, man, I need to strap six solar panels to my rooftop rack just so that I can look super cool. So that's kind of the difference, right? If you're doing it just for the sake of looking cool or looking like an overlander, but then you never actually go camping or you, you know, you don't, it doesn't even hook up to anything, which I could definitely see some, some of these folks that we've seen before that have all the stuff, but maybe don't use it, you know, having solar panels that just run into the cab and then they're like, later, I'm going to hook it. I'm going to get a deep cycle the next time my battery dies in three years. And then I'm going to hook this up to that. I promise. But I just wanted it to look cool. That's kind of what Fover landing is. Um, so, you know, if you, if you just like the look of overlanding and you don't actually like camping and you don't want to go out and you don't want to use any of the stuff, that is the definition of foverlanding. Um, another thing that kind of gets us into this idea of foverlanding is mods for the sake of mods, right? So, um, and I kind of just touched on some of this before, but like one of the examples that I was thinking of was like a rooftop tent, right? So, Rooftop tents are all the rage right now, and tons of people have them. And a lot of people that I've talked to even are like, you know what, this is kind of a pain in the butt for the kind of camping that I do. Like, it's more of a pain to set up this rooftop tent and pop it out and telescope down the ladder and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then when I get home, if it got wet, I got to open it back up and it's on the top of my vehicle and I can't fit into my garage. And, you know, there's just all this stuff that comes with the rooftop tent, right? Um, if it doesn't make sense for you, then you don't have to do it right? Like you don't have to just do that. You don't have to add mud train tires to a vehicle that you're going to daily 99% of the time and take on a trip once or twice a year. Like just get ATs, get all-terrain tires that will, you know, work perfectly fine for your needs and then give you a little bit more traction when you do go off-road those few times. But for the most part, make it a better ride daily. Um, you know, I just recently went to mud trains on mine, but the reason I did that was because I bought another car. So I have another car that I drive most of the time every day. And now the truck is more of a dedicated trail rig overlanding, you know, platform, if you will. Um, that's why I built in the, uh, the drawers in the back. Right. So, so that's, that's one of those things too. Um, if you're just doing mods for the sake of mods, if you have five Ram mounts inside of your cab, right. And you don't even have things to mount on those things. Or if you have three iPads, but they all do the same thing, then what are you doing? You know, that's Fover landing, right? Um, so that's kind of the first half here of what I wanted to talk about was what is Fover landing, right? 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, now, again, not to get on my high horse and not to say that I'm any sort of expert or anything like that, but the next sort of bit that I wanted to talk about was what is real overlanding, right? Um and, you know, you guys that are listening, most likely if you're this dedicated that you're listening to this stuff or watching this stuff on YouTube, it's very likely that you are a real overlander. And here's the thing, too, is, again, not being preachy or anything like that, it doesn't matter what kind of vehicle you have. It doesn't matter how much money you've spent. It doesn't matter how much gear you have. If you literally have a $50 Coleman pop-up tent and, uh, you know... $30 no-name Chinese knockoff uh, sleeping mat and a $30 Coleman 20-degree bag and you go out and you go camping all the time and you use your rig to be reliant on, you're, you're driving through the wilderness and exploring um, and you have everything you need for your trip, whether it's a two-day or a five-day or a two-week trip in your vehicle and you're reliant on that vehicle, you're overlanding. That's all there is to it, right? So, Again, not trying to be any sort of preachy or anything like that, but we have to think about, I mean, there is there is definitely a stigma that's starting to become attached to overlanding, and that's kind of where I wanted to go with this was, you know, again, I try to kind of stay above the, the, the gnashing teeth of the overlanding community, if you will, when, you know, some people just wade right in and they're like, you're not a real overlander because you do this or you bought this thing or you, how can you afford that super expensive, you know, new Jeep Gladiator and put it on, you know, 40s and put all this lift on it and put a rooftop tent and, a you know, rack and all that stuff on it. That's not my intention at all, right? Like the people that do that, I wish I could do that, right? I wish that, I wish that, I had enough money where I could just like have a vehicle just for fun that I never actually used. But I guess if that was me, I'd rather just have a sports car and then like an older rig that I actually used and didn't mind smashing against a tree or, you know, scraping up on a trail. Um, but that's me personally, right? So, but if you can afford that, that's fantastic. I guess my only point is if you can afford, you know, the fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 brand new Forerunner, and that's how you want to enter overlanding, that's awesome. And I tell you what, you're going to have a ton of reliability and a ton of life that you can get out of that thing, which is also awesome. Um, so take advantage of that, right? Like enjoy that, um, get out there and do it. But the difference is don't just go out, I guess. This is my preaching here, right? Don't just go out and buy the most expensive truck that you can. And then watch some YouTube videos and then strap a bunch of stuff to it and then drive it to work every day, right? And again, you can do that. I, I'm i saying don't do it. In my opinion, it hurts the overlanding, you know, the term itself when people do that. But at the same time, there are pros too. You know, there are people that are spending that money and they're encouraging vendors to make new and better products, um, which is great. Um, but if you want to avoid the stigma, I guess that's what I should say is if you want to avoid the stigma of being a Foverlander, then you want to be careful about the stuff that you put on your vehicle, right? Um, like me personally, now I have a winch and I have a winch bumper on my truck, but it took me four years of owning the truck and going on probably, you know, 30 plus trips to Wisconsin, to West Virginia, to Kentucky, to, you know, all over Indiana, um, before I finally get to the point where I'm like, you know what? I solo a lot. I go out by myself a lot. And if I ever get out there and I don't have some way to self-recover, like I'm going to be in trouble. 
And that was when I finally, then I started looking and I, and you know, me being a budget minded overlander, I found a used a winch and a used winch bumper and I bought both of those and, and I feel good about that because again, that saved me other money that then I could spend on other gear that I actually need. Like the drawer system, the drawer system wasn't free. That costs probably several hundred dollars at least worth of materials, um, not to mention time and that sort of stuff. So, you know, that's kind of my take on it, right? Like that's what I view as real, quote unquote, real overlanding is just getting out, having the gear that you need, being reliant on your vehicle and taking as many trips as you possibly can. That's also not to say that you're not a real overlander if you take one or two trips a year. You know, when I first started out, I really had intentions of going out every weekend, right? But I have two kids. I had a job. I, you know, I have all this stuff that I have to do. So it's not as feasible as I at first thought it would be. Plus, I'm also kind of stuck in dead center of Indiana, of Indiana um, and there's nothing really close. Like Hoosier National Forest is the one I go to the most, and it's probably two hours away. So, you know, there's there's things like that to take into account for sure. But again, I don't want to disparage any of you guys that do only make it out once or twice a year. Like as long as you're trying, right? As long as you're looking at your schedule and you're you're into it and you're interested and you're researching and you're watching the videos and you're, you know, if, as long as it's something that interests you and that you're really trying to do, if you go once a year, good for you, man. That's perfectly fine. A lot of us have really restrictive jobs where we just can't get out. Um, I try to do at least eight to 10, you know, small weekend trips, like one-nighters or two-nighters a year, probably at this point now in my career slash life, now that my kids are getting a little older. And then I try really hard to do at least one, but I would prefer to do two to three, you know, three to five day trips where I, maybe I take a Friday and a Monday off and I leave Thursday night and I drive a big chunk of the drive and, you know, sleep at a rest stop or something like that, or pop up a tent in a dispersed campsite somewhere where that I can find that's on the way. Um, and then keep going and, and go out to, you know, like the West Virginia trip. That was about an eight, nine hour drive each way. Um, but so we left on a Thursday night, drove out there, drove all day, Friday, got there midday, probably, you know, hit some trails, hit some off-roading stuff, and then found a campsite and then et cetera, repeat, rinse and repeat, right? But again, with overlanding, the difference is there, while we were, there was a while there where we were, you know, within reach of a gas station, we were within reach of grocery stores and things like that. Really, the goal was to have everything that we needed in the truck and just be self-reliant. Um, so there were like two, three days in a row until the final day of the trip there where we never really touched a whole lot. We, we got gas maybe one time, I think, when we happened through a little tiny small town. Um, but really, I wouldn't have had to go anywhere. I, I had a jerry can with me with five extra gallons. It could have stretched me if I needed to. Um, I get about 240, 250 miles to a tank. So, we, you know, even driving a whole day, we were maybe going... 75 miles. It's just tough trails. So you're not moving very fast, right? So anyway, so that's where I'm going with this is, you know, we all kind of know of the Foverlanders. We know of the people that buy the stuff just for the sake of buying stuff. If you want to avoid that stigma, don't do that, right? Don't buy all this stuff just for the sake of buying stuff. If you need the stuff, that makes you a real overlander. If you go camping, if you go, you know, someplace where you're relying on your vehicle and you buy the things that you need and you focus on the stuff that will make your trip better, that will make your trip easier, that will make your trip safer, um, that makes you a real overlander, in my opinion. So again, I, I don't want to make this too long. I'm just back from vacation. I wanted to get you guys something out. Um, but I also wanted this to be a conversation starter, right? So 
this is just my opinion. I am not the end-all be-all of overlanding. I don't have the only say in this. So what I'd love is I'd love for you guys to, um, when I post this, I'm going to post it on YouTube, and then I'm also going to pop it on you know, Facebook and pop something up on Instagram. And I'm going to ask you guys, like, please post up below and let me know, you know, what are some examples of things that you've seen that you think are overlanding? What are some examples of people that you've seen that are, you know, badass overlanders that, rock a you know a 350z i've seen this a 350z with a lift and mt tires on it like that's super cool so i'd love for you guys to post up in the comments i'd love for you guys to tell me you know what do you think is a a necessity what do you think you know makes someone a real overlander um tell me if i'm wrong if you think that that i'm just totally way off base here i'd love to hear from you about that too so again i'm gonna wrap this up here thank you guys for listening thank you guys for watching on youtube hop on the other channels and engage please i'd love to hear from you um also a little tiny announcement, probably going to be having some gear dropping soon. So I've seen some sort of prototypes or stuff. A couple of things are going live on YouTube or on YouTube, on Amazon here soon. Um, so when I know more about that, I'll make a video. Also another cool thing, and again, please comment below if, if this is something you're interested in. I'm kind of thinking about starting sort of a giveaway. So I do do a lot of reviews on gear and things like that. I've started to get to the point where I am getting some free stuff. I can't use it all, so I'd love to, you know, give back to you guys. So post up in the comments and let me know kind of your ideas if if there's things you'd like to see. You know, I know people do those sort of like click here and share and tag a friend and post a picture of your rig and follow us here and here and here and you're entered to win kind of a deal. Um, and I, I am happy to do that. I, I like that idea. I'd love it if more people followed me on more channels. But if you guys have other ideas for ways to do giveaways or things like that, um, you know, I'd love to hear what you guys are interested in. Also, what type of gear would you guys be interested in getting in a potential giveaway? Like, what would be interesting to you guys? Um, so, yeah, please uh, comment down below. Let me know what you're thinking. Thanks again so much to all you guys for lo- for listening, for watching. Um, I'm glad to be back. I missed you guys. I missed, you know, doing this. So get ready because there's going to be more stuff coming. This week I have some big plans to, to shoot some more gear reviews and, and maybe some other, you know, bonus videos, if you will, in between this and the next podcast. So thanks again for watching. Thanks for listening. I'm going to let you guys go. Have a good one. Take care. Talk to you soon. Yeah. <laughs>